Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Against former President Trump. On Capitol Hill, I'm Mitchell Miller. A reported hang-up on Capitol Hill over the FBI's new headquarters. A huge vote is approaching on changing D.C.'s failing public housing. This is Kyle Cooper. It's midnight. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Christopher Cruz in Washington. For the first time in the nation's history, a congressional committee has recommended that the Justice Department prosecute a former president. The House January 6th committee voted unanimously on Monday to refer uh, four criminal charges against Donald Trump for his role in trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. CBS's Robert Costa says the referrals are a blow to the former president's 20. 24 campaign. I'm hearing from some of the party's top donors, elected officials on Capitol Hill. They say behind the scenes, real discussions about whether former President Trump is politically vulnerable. His 2024 bid now up for discussion. Other rivals thinking about jumping in the race, including Congresswoman Liz Cheney, the vice chair of the committee, moving closer to a race, a campaign. So are other contenders. They see Trump as someone who has fallout from the midterm elections, his candidates lost in many states, and now a possible indictment from the Justice Department on the horizon. Monday was expected to be the busiest day of the year at the nation's airports. A United Airlines spokeswoman says things are looking up. We're expecting a really busy holiday season. Over 8.1 million customers flying on United throughout our system. That is about 1.9 million more than last year um, and really close to our pre-pandemic levels. An icy blast of cold air from Canada could put a freeze on travel plans. Forecasters predict prolonged freezing conditions in the south. The Supreme Court has put a temporary hold on Title 42. That's the Trump-era pandemic restriction, allowing officials to expel asylum seekers because of COVID concerns. Meanwhile, the nation's border cities are dealing with a massive influx of migrants. KDBC-TV reporter Giovanni Carrillo is in El Paso. Deputy City Manager Mario Diacosino says they will be working with other cities' NGOs while transporting migrants. He adds that they will be working with the state to add more places where migrants can go to. The city says the migrants will be transported to those locations if they wish to go there. It's individuals who are choosing to go to that next city, wherever it may be. Many hospitals continue to struggle with an increase of patients suffering from the flu, RSV, and COVID. WTTV's Lindsay Stone reports. If you are not feeling well, I strongly encourage you to stay at home. I know it, it, it's a disappointment not to be able to see folks at the holiday times, but again, think about their well-being. Make sure your medical cabinet is stocked full in case you do get sick. Ibuprofen and acetaminophen. Those handle fever, those handle chills, um, those handle uh, aches and pains that come along with these symptoms. Stone speaking with Dr. Sean Grannis of the Regan Streif Institute. This is CBS News. Hey, it's Luke Garrett from the DMV Download Podcast. On our latest episode, we talked to WTOP Sports Director George Wallace about the Commanders and specifically their brutal loss to the Giants this past weekend. What went wrong? Who's to blame? And what does the future look like for Washington's football team? Hear it all on the latest episode of the DMV Download Podcast. We'll see you there. WTOP at 12.03. Good Tuesday morning, 20th of December 2022. Clear, calm, very cold this overnight early morning. Oh, in the 20s by daybreak. We're at 28 degrees in our nation's capital right now. Good morning to you. 
I'm Dean Langby. Thank you for taking us along to your early Tuesday morning ride. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you as we do ride into this midnight hour together Tuesday. We begin with unprecedented action this week by the January 6th committee. It referred four criminal charges against former President Trump to the Justice Department. More now from Capitol Hill and WTOP's Mitchell Miller, Tuesday morning. Maryland Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin says the criminal referrals include inciting or assisting in an insurrection. The committee has developed significant evidence that President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transition of power under our Constitution. Part of the committee's final report has testimony from former White House aide Hope Hicks, who says the former president ignored her calls to preemptively tell the crowd on January 6th to remain peaceful. Also, the committee is recommending that four members of Congress be referred to the House Ethics Panel for failing to answer subpoenas. They include the House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy. On Capitol Hill, Mitchell Miller, WTOP News. Meantime, former President Trump is dismissing the committee's criminal referrals this morning in a statement. On his Truth Social account, he writes this week, What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. He also further writes that he went on television and told everyone to go home. But members of the committee say Mr. Trump's aides were pleading with him apparently for hours to call off the mob. And he only did it reluctantly and very late in doing so. WTOP News Time, now 12.05. It appears the location of the FBI's new headquarters is holding up the massive omnibus spending bill on Capitol Hill. Roll call reports this week the chief hangup appears to be language Democrats are trying to negotiate regarding the headquarters relocation project itself. It's expected a location in Maryland or Virginia will be the FBI's new home. Stay tuned. Will it be a first step towards fixing D.C.'s failing public housing system? One current member on this issue of the city's housing authority board who could soon be on her way out, says no. Janet Parker says the plan to remove most of the current elected and independent members of the board, a vote is set for Tuesday, and install an appointed reform board gives the mayor too much power and the people lose their voice. I live in public housing. I've lived there for years. I go door to door and I talk to my constituents. I see them face to face and I ask them what they need and what their problems are. This action comes after a federal report said the city is failing to provide decent, safe and sanitary public housing. Tens of thousands of people are also waiting for a spot in public housing. Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. WTOP at 12.06 Tuesday morning. About project locally in Montgomery County is looking into the history of racial segregation in county neighborhoods. The online interactive map segregation project, as it's titled, apparently shows parts of the county that had racial covenants for much of the 20th century that banned the sale and rent of property to black people and other minority groups. Washington Post transportation and development reporter Catherine Schaefer says this morning the map reveals just how pervasive racial covenants were in the county. Parts of Silver Spring, Bethesda, Chevy Chase, Tacoma Park, even places that really think pride themselves today on being very liberal and very mixed income or mixed race, a lot of them had racial covenants. So I think when people zoom in, they might be really surprised to say like, oh my gosh, my home had one of these. Planners say plotting those covenants shows the extent of discrimination and explores how the patterns might continue to play out. WTOP News Time, now 12.07. Now we turn to the man facing multiple murder charges in Silver Spring this morning, including taking the life of an unborn child. As WTOP's own Dick Giuliano tells us this Tuesday morning, the suspect in the case who's charged with killing a gas station clerk has apparently been found mentally incompetent by a judge. 31-year-old Tori Moore, charged with first-degree murder, will remain in custody while undergoing further psychiatric evaluation. 
Montgomery County State's Attorney John McCarthy expects Moore will soon be back in court because during his arrest, police discovered the body of a pregnant woman in his home, dead at least a month. There is a second warrant still outstanding for Mr. Moore, where he is charged with the murder of the woman whose body was found in his apartment and with the death of the child that she was carrying at the time. The judge deemed Moore a danger who must remain in custody. McCarthy expects Moore will be sent to Clifton T. Perkins, Maryland's maximum security forensic psychiatric hospital. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. Technology lets you check out faster. Insert card or tap to pay. Please wait for receipt. But to help your teams work faster, you need more than technology. You need CDW to implement Adobe Acrobat Pro. It allows unlimited e-signatures, drives efficiency across devices, and offers greater reliability than paper-based workflows. Please load more receipt paper. Adobe makes paperless efficiency possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash acrobat. It is December 20th. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to WTOP, where the time is 12.08. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8th, and when it breaks, let's check in now with... Mr. Rich Hunter at the WTOP Traffic Center. All right, thanks, Dean. We'll start you off over on the Bay Bridge there, working tonight on the eastbound span. That is closed for overnight construction. Westbound carries two-way traffic, one lane for each direction that travel with a buffer in between. And for now, you get by without delay. Uh, staying in Maryland, both I-95 and the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, free and clear between the two beltways, 270 north and south, also moving well. Uh, beltway through Montgomery and Prince George has nothing in your way as of late. Up in Damascus, some emergency utility work still underway. Uh, Maryland 27 Ridge Road between High Corner Street and Woodfield Road. They're alternating traffic one direction at a time to the work zone. On the outer loop, headed into Virginia, passing the exit for the GW Parkway in Georgetown Pike and continuing down toward the Dulles Toll Road. Single file left gets you by the work zone. And then, then on the outer loop, as you head south Route 7, the passing I-66, single file left gets you by there as well. Don't forget the exit to go west on 66 is closed. You're under a posted detour, which essentially is going to take you down to Arlington Boulevard. You head west toward Nutley Street to pick up 66 once more. Looking for a safe used car? Fitzgerald Automall has hundreds of good cars, trucks, and SUVs. Next to a new car, a Fitzway used car is best. Visit Fitzmall.com today. Rich Hunter, WTOP Traffic. Your Tuesday and Wednesday staying on the cool side, and, but as long as you're bundled up for it, not too bad. We're not seeing a lot of wind. That's the good news. Both days in the low to mid-40s with sunshine. Now on Thursday, the rain moves in. We're calling both Thursday and Friday weather alert days. It's the rain on Thursday. So if you're traveling, definitely expect to see some wet roads out there. Same deal on Friday. Wet roads maybe switching over to a little bit of light snow, but it's not going to account for anything. Um, big deal on Friday is the falling temperatures will be in the... The teens for wind chills by Friday night. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Cameron. By now, it is a cold one this morning. 29 in Manassas, 31 in Metro Center, 32 in Frederick, Maryland. We're 28 in Holding. This Tuesday morning, midnight hour on WTOP. This latest check brought to you this morning by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Good morning. Glad you're with us here at WTOP, where the time is 12-11. You're with WTOP, Dean Lane. WTOP and Silver Diner now bring you Free Lunch Friday to thank you for listening to WTOP, whether you're at home, at work, or on the go. Three winners every Friday. Enter to win free lunch courtesy of Silver Diner and plan your next luncheon with up to five additional guests. There's something for everyone at Silver Diner with over 100 menu items, including vegan and gluten-free options and your diner favorites. So don't miss out. 
Enter to win today at WTOP.com. Search free lunch. This is WTOP News. It is the morning, December 20th. Welcome into WTOP. Glad you're with us this early hour, 12-11 to be exact. In the tech world now, Elon Musk should step down as Twitter CEO. That, at least, is what the majority of Twitter users are saying this week. After Musk recently conducted that poll asking if he should stay or go. CNET editor-at-large Ian Schur joins WTLP to talk more about what happens from here. One of the things that Elon Musk has kind of become known for is how really he can decide to do all sorts of stuff all the time. He says one thing, does another. He tends to go against the grain. He does all sorts of weird stuff. And look, this has helped him become a popular businessman with a lot of people, right? A lot of people, especially who enjoy the idea of an underdog who is willing to shift and change a lot, particularly when they're running a company like Tesla. That makes sense. But the problem, of course, is that now he's running one of the most influential communication platforms in the world. And I don't know whether he's planning to run it tomorrow or not. Yeah, and are we to believe if Musk does relinquish the CEO title that he won't run the company from the shadows? After all, he does own the company. I was going to say, it's not very many shadows when you own the entire company. (laughs) I think that reality is that, indeed, the question comes after he decides whether or not he will truly step down. And let's say he'll follow what he said, and he will. Then the next question, of course, is, Who's he going to pick to replace him, right? Is it going to be another Elon Musk type who's a culture warrior? Is it going to be Mr. Rogers, but it's someone who gets so much pressure from Elon Musk that it turns toxic? Or is it someone who's going to be able to stand up to him, even though we've seen from his interactions with reporters and other employees at Twitter, he does not like dissent, right? He does not like it when people disagree with him. And he often shuts down debate rather quick. So I'm really curious to see what could happen next. You know, Ian. And what's happening with Elon Musk is part of a much broader issue, and that is we have these extraordinarily powerful social media companies that have information on all of us. And when there are beneficent dictators, right, we're okay. But what happens when they're not? Right. Well, and what we're increasingly learning is not just those questions, right, which are very key. But also we're finding out that within Silicon Valley in the tech industry, there is this kind of thread of odd extremism among a lot of the billionaires that exist in Silicon Valley, right? People who believe they say they want to be free speech absolutists is what Elon Musk calls himself. But uh, turn around, right? They'll support Kanye West while he was saying that he loves Adolf Hitler and why do people criticize Nazis? And at the same time, he'll ban accounts from journalists who ask him tough questions. And so I think part of the issue that we now have on top of all of this other stuff is that Silicon Valley, in a lot of ways, is having its mask ripped off, right? We're learning that there is a a little bit of extremism among the people who are the most powerful that may not be something that all of us agree with. From the Dead World, CNET editor-at-large Ian Schur on the latest with Elon Musk this morning talking with Hillary and Sean. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. 
Think Red. Good Tuesday morning, December 20th, 12.15, Indeed Sports Time. Our first midnight hit with Mr. Rob Woodfork this morning. With Gordie Howe's sons in attendance at Capital One Arena, Alex Ovechkin did not reach another milestone, but the crowd was thrilled by the Capitals' 4-3 win in which Peter Laviolette said of Ovi. Sometimes he, you can just see him. He wants it. He looks at it. He's, he's got it in his eyes. And you know, he, had some, he had a post tonight, and he had some looks in the third period. And, you know, he's, he's, he's slinging it. <laughs> yeah, and Ovi assisted on the first of Nick Dowd's two goals in 11 seconds, the second fastest back-to-back goals in franchise history. Ever do that in a game before, Nick? No, usually they're spread out over multiple games, so that was good. Dowd's <laughs> one-liner courtesy of NBC Sports Washington and the Caps' seventh win in their last eight, courtesy of Dmitry Orlov's goal in the final seconds of overtime. The Green Bay Packers got a much-needed 24-12 win over the L.A. Rams to keep their slim playoff hopes alive, needing to win out and get a lot of help, some of it from the commanders who currently cling to the last NFC wildcard spot, entering a short week against a tough opponent in San Francisco when Ron Rivera is calling for all hands on deck for the stretch run. This is what you live for. This is the crunch time of it, and you got to want to be there and got to want to be part of it and do whatever you can to get on the field. And hopefully some of these guys are healthy enough and ready to go, and we're not going to expose anybody that's not ready. But if a guy can be out there to help us, we'd sure love to have him on the field. We'll see if that finally includes Chase Young, who whose season debut has been delayed multiple times. It will include Taylor Heineke as the starter. As Rivera said, he's not yet inclined to make a change at quarterback. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. Thanks, Rob. As always, 1216 Tuesday morning, December 20th on WTOP. Welcome in. Metro says this morning it is fixed. It's long-troubled app and claims the era of ghost buses is over. Standing here on the corner of 40th Street Northwest in Benton, Metro's site says a D2 bus should be approaching any minute now. And there it is. With the new update, Metro has gotten rid of buses that say they're on their way but never show up. They were called ghost buses. And previous to the fix, buses that were taken out of service for repairs or driver shortages still appeared like they were coming on Wamata's bus ETA site. According to data from Metro Hero, around 12% of Metro buses that were scheduled never showed up this year. But the transit agency says that the new fixes that will also appear in Google Maps and the transit app will fix the problem and give you a better estimate about when a bus will actually show up. In Northwest D.C., Luke Luger, WTOP News. WTOP at 1217. Top stories we're following for you this midnight hour, December 20th on TOP, the House January 6th Committee, this week urging the Justice Department to bring criminal charges against former President Donald J. Trump. Ahead, we'll tell you who else got a criminal referral as well. The Supreme Court temporarily delaying the end of Title 42 this week, keeping it in place a Trump-era immigration policy that lets asylum seekers be quickly turned away at the border. And jurors in Los Angeles have found Harvey Weinstein guilty of rape at his second sexual misconduct trial. Stay with WTOP for more on these developing stories in just minutes. This Tuesday morning, December 20th, where the time is 12.18. Good morning. Traffic and weather all the eights. Good morning to Rich Hunter at the WTOP Traffic Center. Uh, good morning, Dean. We'll start you off on the Beltway in Virginia. That's where the action has been so far. Interloop between Arlington Boulevard and I-66. Two left lanes get you by the works. And as of late, delays have been brief. On the outer loop of the Beltway, working in two locations. First, as you come off the Legion Bridge, passing the GW Parkway in Georgetown Pike, headed toward the Dulles Toll Road. Single file left gets you by the work zone. And then on the outer loop between Route 7 and I-66, also down to one single lane to the left. And don't forget the exit to go west on 66 is closed. You're under a posted detour. Uh, the express lanes do get by. That works in without delay. 
And on the inner loop, the express lanes are also open to traffic, so no worries about the work on the inner loop of the Bellway. 66 eastbound as you head east of the Prince William Parkway toward 234 Sudley Road. Right lane of three closed with the work zone. Then between 29 Centerville and the Fairfax County Parkway, you're down to a single left lane. And then finally eastbound just after the Bellway, work zone blocks a single right lane. You get by without delay. Uh, 95 North down between Route 3, Fredericksburg, and U.S. 17 Falmouth. Work zone blocks the right lane of three. Beyond that, nothing else in your way. Headed up toward the Beltway in Springfield. 395 looks good in both directions between the Beltway and the 14th Street Bridge. Rich Hunter, WTOB Traffic. Storm Team 4 going to be in weather alert mode later this week. Now, first of all, your Tuesday, Wednesday, no problem. It's chilly, but it's not too bad with sunshine out there. Thursday is the day the storm moves in. We'll see rain. Some of that could be heavy at times. High temperatures in low to mid-40s, but rising temperatures overnight. By Friday morning, still seeing rain around the area. Temperatures in the upper 40s to low 50s. Once the cold front moves through, though, we could see a couple of snow showers and quickly falling temperatures. Wind chills by Friday evening will be in the 20s. I'm Storm Team 4, Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. Right now we're looking at 28 in Upper Marlboro, 30 in Centerville. We are at 31 in Foggy Bottom, 32 Fredericksburg, 31 in Hyattsville, 28 in Holding, and our nation's capital right now. True economic equity and inclusion starts with empowerment. At Melwood, a leading employer, advocate, and preferred service provider for people with disabilities... We're committed to building a world where people with disabilities are fully included, starting with employment. When more people are empowered through employment, all of society benefits, and we can build a more sustainable, innovative, and equitable economy. Melwood is here to educate and partner with individuals and organizations to build a more inclusive workforce, develop pipelines, and provide strategies for equitable recruitment, hiring, and retention of people with disabilities. Ask yourself, what's your role in the equity equation? To learn more about how your company can diversify its workforce by recruiting and hiring people with disabilities, visit www.melwood.org. That's M-E-L-W-O-O-D.org. You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. CBS News Special Report. The January 6th committee has recommended that the Justice Department prosecute former President Trump on a number of criminal charges, including insurrection. Committee member and Maryland Democrat Jamie Raskin in an interview with CBS News. And instead of calling the Joint Chiefs of Staff or the Secretary of Defense or the National Guard or the D.C. Police or the Capitol Police, he sent out a tweet saying... Mike Pence did not have the courage to do what needed to be done. In other words, he further assisted the insurrectionists. On Capitol Hill, CBS's Nicole Killian says the committee also recommended that federal prosecutors charge some of Trump's aides and advisors. The committee also recommended potential prosecution for several Trump allies, including conservative attorney John Eastman, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, and personal attorney Rudy Giuliani. The committee will release its final report on Wednesday. CBS News Special Report. I'm Christopher Cruz. WTOB News Time at 1222. More now about the unprecedented referrals this week. Dimitri gets on Skype with National Journal Editor-in-Chief Jeff DeFore for his take. We learned that they feel that they have enough evidence on four counts to refer those counts to the Department of Justice. Obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States on multiple instances, conspiracy to make a false statement, and then assisting, aiding, or comforting an insurrection. 
They also referred four members of Congress to the Ethics Committee for failure to comply with lawful subpoenas, among them the likely incoming Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. They've made very clear they think they have all the evidence to prove all of these charges. Unlike the charge of perhaps the most explosive charge, they did not refer. A seditious conspiracy. They did not refer that one to the Department of Justice because they didn't feel that they had the evidence to support it. But Jamie Raskin, our local Maryland congressman who sits on the panel, said along with the evidence the Department of Justice has collected, they may at some point gather enough evidence to indict on that if they so choose. There was a little snippet of new video. It was from a former Trump assistant, Hope Hicks, and she outlined the fact that the former president, then current president, was saying, I'm not worried about my legacy being tarnished, essentially, because if I don't win again, it doesn't matter what my legacy is. And I've been hearing some at least former Trump supporters take that little bit of video and say, look, it's clear that this guy wanted to win, but has a crime actually been committed here? What are you hearing from the, the experts you've been reading about. It's one thing to say that the president did wrong. Is it another to try to get to the level of an actual crime? The legal experts I've talked to and read seem to think that there is enough here. Now, there's a huge caveat, and that caveat is the committee threw the book at Trump, essentially, but they don't have the authority to throw the book all the way at him. They have to hand off the book, if, if I can torture the metaphor a little bit more, so that the DOJ can throw it all the way. This is very much about the DOJ and now the special counsel, Jack Smith, making that determination with the additional evidence that they've come up with. We're assuming they're going to have some additional evidence. Making a case in the committee room, I would add, is much different from making a case in court, which is much different also in turn from making a political case to the public. So that's where we are now. The panel has made its case to the public, but now we are really where the legal rubber hits the road in terms of whether the special counsel can make this match up with the evidence he has and get charges filed. That's National Journal Editor-in-Chief Jeff DeFore. He's also the author of the Sunday Nightcap Newsletter that recaps each week in Washington, previews the week ahead, and includes an interesting cocktail recipe each week. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Further time now is 1225 Money News at 25 and 55. Here's Jeff. The Dow lost 163 points Monday. The Nasdaq fell 1.5%. Tesla stock gained after Elon Musk's poll calling for him to step down was overwhelmingly voted in favor. A report says porch pirates has stolen 260 million packages delivered to U.S. homes over the last year. An Annapolis company has developed an app for road trippers called Rest Stops Ahead, which shows how crowded rest stops are and what amenities they have. Jeff Claybaugh, WTOP News. If you want to sell your home fast, it's important who you call first. This is Dave Johnson. That's why I called Jennifer Young of Jennifer Young Homes and in a matter of days sold my home above list price. But listen to the story of Angie and Mike. They listed their home in Alexandria, but they did it at first with another agent. A few months went by. Home was not sold. So Angie and Mike talked to Jennifer and her team at Jennifer Young Homes and relisted it with them. Very quickly, the home was sold and for a fabulous price with great terms. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me because that's the experience I had with Jennifer Young Homes. And, of course, they wish they had called Jennifer first. In fact, Mike said that he had an offer in two days. In Mike's words, Jennifer Young Homes' team is amazing. In fact, Mike offered to write any testimonial. He says he's 110% satisfied. And Mike says we can quote him. In fact, we just did. So make sure you connect with Jennifer Young of Jennifer Young Homes at 877.